welcome to episode 106, asshole, of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. <laughs> My name is Patsy the Angry Nerd, and I like sharks. And uh, I just want you to know... You say you like sharks or you like sharks? I, yeah, I like sharks. He likes sharks. Yeah. With a K, not a T. Drink your wine. <laughs> sharks who shark? Shark tank? Sharknado. Uh, now that's horrifying. That would be, that would be the Dynamo Myers movie. Because uh, I know he only listens to the beginning of the show, so if I'm gonna shout him out, I gotta shout him out at the beginning. Um, joining us for uh, <laughs> for uh, the episode here. I can't even look at you guys. <laughs> is uh, the Ironborn, the goddess of giggles. She chugged that entire can of no, Angry Orchard. No, there's still some left. Well, there's well, condensation there, there is, on I, the I side. There's, there's still some sip left. Well, there was a full Sipping can about easy. 40 seconds ago. <laughs> and uh, now there's just a little couple of drops. It's Angry Orchard Nicole. <laughs> I'm Nicole, and I like gingerbread man. I like... Um, Candy. I like Ashes Fun Nightmare. Aww. I kind of like Patsy the Angry Nerd. So I made you. I made you who you are. <laughs> Fuck you. You were not in that bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> not in that way. Oh, the comments that could be made right no, now. No, <laughs> I did not. I did not have sex with the Iron Lady. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> even where I was going. No, that's where she went. That's where she went. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, Uh. Yeah. So, yeah, she's here. I'm here. Uh, And also here is uh, the, the mistress of Merlot, the real housewife of Transylvania. It is uh, Ashes My Nightmare. I am the Michael Phelps of wine, and if I tried hard enough, I could be the Michael Phelps of swimming. Yeah, we uh, we discussed this on the uh, <laughs> the Derailers podcast, podcast that we were guests on. Uh, she's like, <laughs> I could also be the Michael Phelps of swimming, uh, to which I replied, there already is a Michael Phelps of swimming. You might know him as Michael Phelps, the swimmist. I'm good. Not sober, but I'm good. No. <laughs> we of course. I are. have not. I also. I love. I love um, drag wine. queens oh. and <laughs> wine and Whiny my cats drag and Agent Nicole and sometimes Patsy. <laughs> <laughs> when he buys me ice cream, she's going to be sleeping on drug. the lawn. No, <laughs> we are of course I'm taking also, her with me to okay, go find bye. Loki. Okay, bye. <laughs> We're going to go fight Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston, where are you? We well, are, of course, Seattle also right joined by the hardest working man in podcasting. And as, I, as you can tell, he's got a hell of a fucking job today. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, he's got Johnny about the Wolfenstein. Voice. What the fuck? That was a callback. That was a callback. I think tonight I'll let the inmates run the asylum. Yes! <laughs> yes. <laughs> tonight. And tonight. most Wednesdays. <laughs> We know a callback would be calling him Bootylicious. 
Yeah, you said velvetili. What the fuck does that even mean? It can't be a callback to a thing that never it happened. Was- <laughs> I should have said velvetili. <laughs> it was from the Dale Cooper episode where I was trying to introduce him and I just couldn't. I slurred on the velvet. You might have said velvetili. Velvetili isn't a thing. Dude, it could be a thing. Oh, my God. Have another cider. Fuck no. (laughs) It's already emotional enough. This is what happens when I'm the rational one. I just want you to know. All hell breaks loose. Speaking of emotional, so some friends and I went to emo night at the Palladium not too long ago. You conformist. (laughs) We a lot of Fallout Boy and My Chemical Romance were playing. It was oh my great. God. It was ex- except for the creepy guy that was stalking us. But that's that was story. me secretly in there. Yeah, that from all. But it was a lot of fun. So we did our um, so we did our hair and makeup like kind of like back in the day. So I did my hair and makeup like I did when I was in college because that was back in the day for me. Um, it was great. It was a good night. I drove back and forth, and then yeah, in Patrick, between... Patsy was our Uber. I, I Uber decided lift. to make myself useful, and I watched Transformers the last night. So I got to see Anthony Hopkins call Mark Wahlberg, dude. But he, he bought us pizza, so it was I all good. I did buy pizza. Patsy the angry Uber. Yeah, the Uber nerd. <laughs> yeah. So this week, uh, we are talking about Ant-Man and uh, his partner, Wasp. And uh, we have some thoughts and feelings. There's going to be a lot of thoughts and feelings on this show. As opposed to... Feelings. Oh, my God. Let's talk about feelings. Because Dr. Whatabottom... She was awesome, by the way. I think we should have her on for another episode. Dr. I've got a Whatabottom. She is from the Stanley University. I really want to meet Ruth, Dr. Ruth. Yeah, did, a comic what, book crisis counselor. Yeah, she's got a PDH, according to uh, Agent Nicole. <sighs> so, as we are talking about the upcoming Ant-Man and Wasp, uh, I almost said video games, movies. Uh, Who's drinking right now, me or you? <laughs> I wish I was. I'm driving. <laughs> so... We started thinking about if we could be some sort of uh, bug-themed superhero. Not necessarily bugged, but minuscule creature-themed superhero. You know, like a me boy. You know, instead <laughs> of an amoeba. You know, what would we what would we want to model ourselves after, and what type of powers would we have? So, I already know my answer. So, I'm going to let everyone else go first who isn't me. So, starting in uh, alphabetical order, um, Nicole. Hi. Um, I don't would know. be second. So we are going <laughs> to go with Ashes <gasps> von Nightmare. Uh, see, like I'm kind of having a hard time with this because I don't like bugs. I'm one of those like females who have been pre-programmed <laughs> to not like bugs. I just don't like them. Um, I kind of wish I liked spiders more, but I feel like there are a lot of superheroes who have like this spider-ish name, like 
Spider Man, Spider Gwen, Spider Woman, Spider Woman, Spider Girl, Black Widow. Um, so I don't know. Maybe Webster. I would. Maybe I would be like Brown Recluse Girl. Like I don't know. I feel like I would want to take a po- like a like a negative and turn it into a positive. So I would want to turn like my fear of spiders into something something positive but it, i would also want to be something to be reckoned with Ooh, ooh. wait a minute never, never mind that that was not going anywhere um yeah so maybe like a brown i mean because black widow is already something and just generic spider is already something and saying like garden spider just doesn't have like a nice like threatening ring to it like i'm garden spider girl like that just doesn't have a threatening ring to it so goliath tarantula man i i I don't know like i'm i'm kind of coming up with a blank (coughs) moth girl i don't know mothman is a thing i i could have been a butterfly but i turned out into a turned into a moth girl Bitten by a radioactive moth, and now you just bang your face against light bulbs. <laughs> I ruin your sweaters in your closet. Ooh. Yeah, you open up your closet, and there's ashes <laughs> chewing on your favorite cardigan. <laughs> oh, still you. I don't know. Um, like, I'm, I'm having such a hard time with this. Okay. Uh, what, would you, what would you be, Pat? I already know what I am. I want okay, to hear from well, Agent no, Nicole. Like, what would you be like? Why don't you go while the rest I got of us think? Oh, she okay. got something. Okay, oh, you so got something. You um, so mantis, get out of the way. I'd be a prey mantis. I would be kind of a villain, and I would go stalking people since I'm so good at that. So you just want to eat Benedict Cumberbatch's head after you have sex with him? Sure. All right. See, mine. <laughs> I would Ooh, eat. I my... got one. Oh, okay. I I would be mosquito girl. Suck the blood, suck the wine. But instead of sucking the blood out of people, I would suck the wine out of people. I love that. I would I would target lushes, right? So it'd be Moscato Mosquito? Yeah, Mosquito! Oh my God! Red Moscato Mosquito! You got a thing. Oh, that's just a smudge. I thought it was an eyelash. Oh, thank you, Patrick. <laughs> I'm like picking at her face like, oh, you got an eyelash. <laughs> yeah, red Moscato mosquito. That's who I would be. And I would I would target lushes and just suck the blood out of them and get drunk off of it. All right. So now for an answer that's not lame. Uh, oh, I would be, wow. I would be a tardigrade uh, because what? a tardigrade, also known as a water bear. Oh, you would only be a water bear because you recently like heard about them. No, I've known about them for a long time. You may have known about them for a long time, but you recently heard about them. That doesn't make any sense. I know we just watched a thing where they mentioned it, but that would have been my choice regardless. Because tardigrades, not only are they probably the most durable creatures uh, that we are aware of, they can survive... Not only the vacuum of space and being frozen, they can also survive boiling temperatures. They are uh, the hardiest of all life forms. You can freeze them and completely uh, dehydrate them and then just introduce a little more uh, water to them and rehydrate them and they just pick up right where they left off. Um, They're essentially 
superheroes already. So if I had tardigrade ability, that would be tardigrade. So lame. Yeah. Well, I didn't say it was a uh, <coughs> a lame explanation, but I said it wouldn't be a lame lame creature. So that's what I'm going to go with. We want to know what you would go with. Like, do you like you know big bugs and you cannot lie? Uh, tell us and uh, win the prize of us knowing what your bug's life would be. A bug's life. That's a really good movie, by the way. I haven't seen that movie in so long. You fired. You fired. So that's what I'm going to go with. Um, So what else are we talking about today? Because we've got uh, multifaceted stuff. The end of my reign. I'm just kidding. (laughs) You <laughs> say it like that, but so we've got. Um, I know last week we talked some Infinity War, but this week I think we're going to talk a little bit more because I think this episode's really going to tie into, you know, the whole Infinity War saga, because Correct we don't know much about these characters and what they were up to between Civil War and Infinity War. Mm. We could just assume. Well, we could, or we could theorize and see if we're right uh, tomorrow when the movie comes out. So excited. And you just can't hide it. I can. <sighs> you to ruin the lyric. Yep, that's so, what I do. I'm going to ruin things. You're going to ruin the lyrics. Because I'm going to. It's my episode to ruin shit. <laughs> so what we'll do is we'll take a quick break and we come back. Uh, I'm going to go on a bit of a tirade about how irritated I am with the science from the original Ant-Man movie and how I think it's just going to continue to irritate me in the sequel. But uh, that'll be when we come back. So let's take a quick break and uh, we'll be here when you get back. Trick or Treat Radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight through the heart of pop culture, navigated by the Deadites. We are the world's greatest electroshock band, we destroy monsters, we drink booze, and we win championship belts. If you're not listening to Trick or Treat Radio, here's a taste of what you've been missing. There's three guarantees in life. What are they? Death, taxes, and Trick or Treat Radio every Friday morning. This is one of the most convoluted movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm fucking trying, man. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. It's like you took a shit on a pile of shit. But you shit on him right. for liking what he likes. Yeah, well, it's my job. This uh, podcast is now banned in Germany. It's me, Giovanni Lombardo Radici. Shut up. I call bullshit. I demand someone to bring me the face of Lindsay Lohan. If I had genitals, I would definitely bang her. Oh, wait. Is she a great big fan person? You just hit the jackpot. This is a weird movie, huh? It had action, it had suspense, it had great characters, it had great acting. I'm going to strangle you with my jockey shorts. I don't like mobster movies. All right, well, here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The box, right? The box and the monkey. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and trickortreatradio.com. Arrivederci, douchebag. Hi, my name is Kurando Mitsutake, director of Gun Woman and Karate Kill, and you're listening to Throwdown Thursday Podcast. Hey everybody, we are the Derailers, Goobs, Ripkin, and Jenny Bean, and you can join us once every week for a brand new derailment. It includes sidetracking, randomness, we just can't stay on topic. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Derailers. And please subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and also on YouTube. Derailers! Hello, this is the Sasquatch, a.k.a. Bigfoot, 
but you can just call me Frank. And when I'm not stomping around the woods throwing rocks at hunters, I like to listen to the Paranormal Punchers podcast. That's right, Paranormal Punchers. They talk about all things paranormal, and they're hilarious. Go find them on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and ParanormalPunchers.com. returned so i hope you didn't miss us too too much but uh yeah we're back now and uh so if you are not familiar with ant-man and the wasp that's to be forgiven uh, marvel didn't see fit to add them to their menagerie even though they were founding members of the avengers not uh not uh hawkeye or uh some other guys Captain American. But I think it's really fitting how they introduce these characters into the Marvel Cinematic Universe yeah. and how they continue to introduce these yeah. characters into the Marvel Cinematic yeah, Universe. I think it's it's well, it is fair to say that they weren't really truly introduced. But if you watch Ant Man the twenty fifteen Ant Man, you do kind of see the original Ant Man in the first couple of minutes where um, Hala, Peggy Carter, and S.H.I.E.L.D., um, mm-hmm. you know, Hank Hank comes in and he's pissed off at Stark for trying to replicate the uh, Prim Particle. And, you know, he had, you know, they do show kind of like an introduction, but like we, when we're going to be talking about is more of kind of Scott Lang and Hope Van Dyne because Hope Van Dyne is not what we see in the comics and we and with the new Ant-Man and the Wasp film we will see um, it's kind of been spoiled anyways we will see the original kind of Avengers with Hank Prim and Janet Janet Van Dyne who was a founding member of the Avengers like she was she was for a while the the weakest member in the comics but then they realized that she's one of the smartest smartest females smartest members of that whole um team and was running it for a very long time too in the comics my problem okay tears start for two minute rant this, hold i've on. alluded to this for a while hold on hold on so okay, here's wait, the wait, thing hold no, on, no, 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 no. Hold you, on. I, I don't She's gonna time you no i don't go by what you, you guys think so here's the thing two minutes when Ant-Man shrinks down. Two minutes. The problem warning. is he still maintains his mass. And I'm fine with that. As you guys know, I am fine with if you suspending my disbelief, if you're going to put forward a set of rules and say, this is how it is. Fine. Stick by it. I'm totally fine with dealing with, you know, whatever you want to throw at me. As everyone knows, I love asylum films, and asylum films have some crazy premises. But as long as you stick with the science and you stick with what you set out at the beginning, I'm totally fine with it. Now, with this movie, uh, the original Ant-Man, we see that when 200 or so pound Scott Lang shrinks down to the size of an ant, he still maintains the mass of a 200 pound man. He's able to punch people and knock them out. He's able to physically, you know, throw things. He's got his same mass. However, 
We also see that Hank Pym, played by Michael Douglas, carries a fucking tank around on a keychain. And that tank expands to be massive. So, which is it? We also see the end of the film where a little toy train <laughs> turns into a giant toy train, destroys a house, and crushes a car. So, oh, hey, which Thomas. is it? Which is it? Does it keep its mass, or does the mass increase when you, when you make something larger? Because there's no way that frail old Michael Douglas in this, in this uh, movie is carrying around a goddamn 60-ton tank on a keychain. You can't have it both ways. Pick one. And I didn't even get into the fact that when he shrinks, somehow he's able to shrink subatomically, which means smaller than an atom. Here's the problem. It is expressly uh, uh, put out there that when you shrink down, the process of your shrinking, all that's happening is you are getting rid of the space in between your atoms. So this would be like taking a house made of brick, removing all the furniture from inside, and pushing all the bricks together into a single pile. That's as big as you can be. You can only be the mass of all of your atoms. That's as small as you can get. You can't get subatomic because you're not shrinking your atoms. They've already expressed that. All you're doing is, is getting rid of the spaces in between the atoms to shrink the entire person or object that you have uh, you know, exposed the PIM particles to. So you can't have it both ways. Either you can shrink smaller than an atom or you can't. That's what pisses me off. Like, oh, it just kept shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. No, you can't keep shrinking and shrinking and shrinking and maintain your mass. You can't have fucking both of them. You get one or the other. I understand that it's a movie. I understand that it's crazy. But if you say, these are my rules, and this is the, what we're going to follow, this is the formula we've got going, you can't just be like, oh, well, you know what? Fuck you guys. We're just going to completely ignore everything that we already decided that we were going to uh, lay out as our groundwork. So that's bullshit. That being said, I really enjoyed this film. I found, <laughs> I found Paul Rudd to be uh, very charismatic and very funny. I liked the fact that he got into super amazing shape. And uh, the fact that he got me too, too muscular. Yeah. He didn't fit in his Ant-Man costume yeah, because was he was too jacked. He's like, oh, sorry, guys. I have that same issue, but it's not because I'm too jacked. So I don't fit into my Ant-Man costume. Also, I don't have an Ant-Man costume. So going into what um, Agent Nicole and I had spoken to off of the podcast, uh, first of all, going into the casting of Paul Rudd as Ant-Man. They had a lot of other people. Brilliant. Did they really? They had um, Adrian Brody, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And um, hold on. Let me get the other person. I'm sorry. The the Adrian Brody comment just kind of makes my loins wiggle uh, a, a little bit um but i'm really glad that they decided on the paul rudd sorry hold on, on the paul rudd on the paul rudd ant-man <laughs> character the other person that was also considered for william shatner no we're not william yes. shatner um ewan mcgregor was the other one who Ooh. i think that's back when it was Edgar Wright that was supposed to direct it. Yeah, I mean, Maybe. Edgar Wright did, did play a huge role in this. You, there was a lot of Edgar Wright-isms in this film. It made me sad that he didn't direct that because we saw Baby Driver. Oh my god, I love Baby Driver. And 
that's essential. I mean, Ant Man is essentially a heist movie. Like, yeah. oh, it yeah. is. And yes. Baby Driver is a heist movie. Yes. So imagine how fucking it good been. it could have been. been. But I completely agree with the casting of Paul Rudd as Ant Man or as, as Scott Lang, yeah. anyways. Um, so believable, first of all. I first fell in love with uh, Paul Rudd as the older brother ish character. And I use that in quotations because he wasn't really her stepbrother, wasn't really the older brother character um, in Clueless, but he was and then became the love interest and it just it sounds weird but it works um in clueless and i've loved him ever since then and i've i've followed his career through like 40 year old virgin wet hot <coughs> and, halloween um, six wet hot american summer and through um, uh, Knocked Up and then Friends. This is 40, he was Phoebe's sig- ultimate significant other yeah. and friends. Um, I've followed his career and I've always loved, I, I don't know, there's just, there's something so lovable about Paul Rudd. And I feel like he's so great in this character because as Scott Lang, as this ex-con, he's so lovable. Like his, you know, he has this this daughter who speaks to him Mm -hmm. and the way that she speaks to him or his character, Scott Lang, is just the epitome of a father-daughter relationship. And it's just so lovable. Mm -hmm. And you can't help but be like, oh, I'm kind of rooting for this person. Yeah. And the thing is, what I do like that in the Ant-Man, the comic book series, where uh, Scott Lang makes the first appearance in the Avengers uh, issue uh, 181, which came out in March 1979, the story really does trans transparent to the same story in the film scott lang he um was a criminal like he kind of goes um he, the reason why he hacks into vestacorp which was the company he was working for was because vestacorp was stealing from their customers and he was against that um in the comic books that's what scott lang did he was basically a robin hood where you know he stole from the criminals and gave back to the other people. Kind of wore like, tights. Yeah, yeah, basically. And so with with you know, he had an ex wife which was Peggy, um, no, I think it's Peggy, I don't remember her name. Um, Judy Greer. And mm-hmm. in the comics he steals from Hank because uh, Cassie is sick. Like she's really sick and he's trying to go and, you know, try to find a way to get get her the treatment that she needs and in this film you know uh scott is trying to get visitation rights to be a part of his daughter's life since he already missed a lot of her life because he was imprisoned for a crime that he you know he did because he wanted to give back to the customers who were being robbed by the company he worked for and you know he is a brilliant man he's very smart he got a master's in freaking or a PhD or something. He's an engineer. He's an engineer. Yeah. Electrical engineer. And you see those skills in the film. 
and you know in the comics he's very bored with what he's doing and so in the comics he is hired by the Stark um, internationals to do projects to work in you know working using his engineering skills and so what I really liked about that is they kept a lot of that the basics of what makes Scott Lang Scott Lang like Mm -hmm. you know he is trying to look for the greater good trying to do the greater good the greater good you know trying to do what's right for his family because his you know he missed a lot of his daughter's life and then you know he what's really funny and I really loved this film like it's actually one of my top five Marvel films um just because this film we've had a lot of serious superhero superhero films before Civil War and all that before um, Ant-Man but it was just it was a different way of introducing characters who don't have the special abilities like Iron Man you know has the arc reactor you have Captain America who um, is injected with a serum you have Thor who's a god you have Black Widow who is trained to be an assassin you have Hulk who has gamma rays and embedded in his veins where you have Scott Lang he's just kind of like you wouldn't expect you know a normal guy who you know he broke the law he did wrong but he has a good heart and it's kind of like you kind of root for him in this whole film where you know he's just a regular guy who's just trying to find a way to be with his daughter and I think that's what makes makes him such a lovable character you know he's mm-hmm. that that underdog that we all root for I agree well and there's something so like poetic well I don't want to say poetic but there's something so like there's something that resonates about Scott Lang like his character, the fact that he is willing to do anything and anything for his daughter. How many of us know single parents out there mm-hmm. who are willing you. to do anything and everything for their child? You know? So, like, there's something that's so near and dear to our hearts about this Scott Lang character. Yeah, sure. He did some bad shit. He, you know, went to jail. He paid blah, 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 blah. He didn't eat babies. But, like, <laughs> oh, he didn't eat, yes. But, like, ultimately, you know, he's just a single father who's looking to do the best for his child. Mm-hmm. And he wants to do right by his child. And he wants to be that the, the hero that his child wants him to be. Like, let's face it. We all put our parents on a pedestal. We really do. And, you know, especially single parents, like, really feel it more than parents who are are together. Mm-hmm. And Scott Lang is a single parent. And I feel like he just, he feels it. He feels it. And he wants to be that superhero that his daughter wishes that he would be. And he kind of wants to divorce himself from this past that he has the ankle bracelet that, that he has to wear yeah. and become this this person. And, you know, he finds that in Ant-Man and there's something so relatable to that. Yeah, I you agree. Know. I mean, Peggy, um, I want to say it's not Peggy, but it is, or Penny. Hold on. I got to figure out what his wife's, or ex-wife's name. Judy. 
it wasn't Judy. It wasn't Judy. I'm trying to find it in my notes. But she did say to him, like, hey, your daughter has this image of you, of being a hero. Don't, like, don't disappoint disappoint you and we see that theme throughout this film not with just scott lang but the original ant-man himself hank prim who is maggie max thank you sorry why did i say peggy peggy was on the mind um maggie was just very much straight up told him like get your shit together maybe there'll be visitation rights and you know we see this we see two relationships basically evolved in the in this film where we have Hank Prim who you know we later learn about the story of what happened to Janet but we see another uh, relationship basically deteriorated between Hope uh, Hope Van Dyne his daughter with Janet Van Dyne and in the comics Hope Van Dyne is uh, known as the Red Queen which is a villain who was part of the Revengers who has the same kind of um, some of the same powers that we will probably see in Ant-Man and the Wasp, but she wasn't able to shrink to size like the Ant-Man. But I, what really draw me to this character is just, I, I don't really know what draw me. I just liked her attitude. I mean, we've seen like several female characters throughout the Marvel cinematic universe, but with, Hope Van Dyne, she, you know, she, you know, she's a part of her father's life, but she was just a, you know, she's a vote that, that, um, was a part of the community, committee in her father's industry. And she basically voted against him because they have such a strained relationship. Um, and one of the scenes where she is throughout the whole film, like she's trying to be the Ant-Man. She's trying to take over because um, Darren Cross has basically gotten very close to the point where he does replicate the prim particle where you are able to shrink. And she's telling her father, I can do the job. I can do the job. I can do the job. And his and Hank is just very much reluctant because he already lost one love of his life. He doesn't want to lose his daughter, which is which is a very emotional scene because Hope does not Hope is not aware of how her father or how her mother died other than she died in a plane crash and um so of some sorts and I love Hope's attitude where she is trying to prove to someone prove to her father that she can do the job and I feel like that that feeling of trying to be determining determination is something that we could all truly relate to where you know you're trying to prove to someone that you can do the job and that you are capable and no matter what gender if you're a male or a female she was really much against her father picking scott because she feels that she should have been the one to be chosen and we realized that he didn't he did it on purpose because he didn't want to lose her and Hope is such a wonderful character, and I'm really excited to see where her character evolves in Ant-Man and Wasp, because in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, she is the first female superhero to be in a major title. I mean, Captain Marvel is coming soon, but she's the first before Captain Marvel. And yeah, she's a title character. She's a title character, and um, what was I going to say? Um, I can't... I, 
uh, Miss Lily. I'm just gonna call her Miss Lily because Evangeline. Evangeline Lily. She. I was watching an interview and they were asking her about how she felt to be the first female superhero character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe to be a title character, and she was just so overwhelmed and so humble and she really loves playing the wasp and it really really transpires and i was telling ashes um during our break downstairs Mm -hmm. that she um she has put so much energy and enthusiasm and hard work into playing hope slash the wasp because she brought one of her sons to the to the set and her son kind of understands that she's playing a superhero but he was playing around and he was like look at me I'm the wasp and she got really emotional because a as a mother he's pretending to be her but two he he's a boy playing a female superhero and that was something very emotional for her because you know you're seeing that you know as the Marvel Cinematic Universe female superheroes are coming into into this game and it's you know you see the difference that you know female superheroes are just as good as male superheroes and I love how she shares that story because it's such an emotional story too because you know she put a lot of dedication and I think when we get into seeing the Ant-Man and the Wasp we're gonna see a big um kind of I wouldn't say a big rift but you're going to see a partnership that is going to have to work through with Ant-Man and the Wasp. We don't know what the situation is and I know this is go- the storyline is going to happen before or slash during the time of Civil War and Infinity Wars where you know because of Scott's actions against the government when he joined Captain America mm-hmm. Where they actually, a backstory, Ant-Man was supposed to team up with Tony Stark like he did in the comics. But as they had written the story, they believed that Ant-Man was more suited to being with Captain America. Um, Scott has made a deal with the government to be basically house arrest. And so because um, Hank and Hope have been associated with Scott, they are basically in hiding for his actions. And... It's kind of interesting. I don't like we I know we don't know really know much of what's the story's going to be, but any predictions, any thoughts? Well, I know one of the things I was uh leery of when they announced this movie was or the original was they can't really show Hank Pym as the the Ant-Man because mm-hmm. Hank Pym is a piece of shit like Yeah. You know, he, uh, you know, that he does, um, apparently it was, uh, a miscommunication at the time. They weren't supposed to show it as graphically as they did, but he slaps around the wasp. Like yeah. they were married and he like full on backhands her. Yeah. It was supposed to be like a light shove because he was having an adverse reaction to the pim particles, which is kind of alluded to in the first movie. Correct. With Darren Cross. Yeah, and he says like that they're you know messing with. Um, even Michael Douglas says he can't go back in the suit because the particles mess with his head too much. Correct. Um, and that was the the reasoning that they had behind the that fact. And I was also interested to find out you know what they were going to do because you know 
doing research for this characters. You know, again, I, I brought this up a few weeks ago, but there's a scene where, and this, again, this kind of touches on what we talked about last week, where when something happens to your person, uh, the wasp is killed and eaten by the blob <laughs> and says, mm, tastes like chicken. Hank loses his shit, grows into super giant man, picks the blob up, bites his head off and spits it out. So, I mean, that's not the act of a rational no. thinking person. Mm-hmm. No. And I think um, to go on with that, after losing Janet in the film, Hank isn't able to control his feelings that he and his relationship with Hope is basically, that's the beginning of the downfall, where he she was only seven when her mother dies in 1987, where the film, the beginning of the film shows, and she's sent off to boarding school. He can't deal with the responsibilities of being a single father, which really, you know, you know, he's emotionally upset. And like we see in the film, um, in the scene with Peggy Carter, Tony Stark, and that Hydra dude, um, he, the Hydra dude says Janet, and freaking Hank Pym smashes his face to the table, and was like, you know, he said Janet. You said Martha. Damn it. <laughs> Why did you say that name? <laughs> Basically, that that subject of his wife is such an emotional, you know, he lost the love of his life. And I'm sure we're going to see, like, some sort of reunion. Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. And they didn't bring her back to they didn't, like, cast her as the wasp. So she wouldn't be in the movie. Yeah. Um, it's. Like that's like that's one thing I didn't like about Ant Man. The beginning of Hank, I never really liked Hank Prim. I I love Scott Lang. I think Scott Lang is the better Ant Man, mm-hmm. and he's the first in the Marvel Cinematic Universe to take on a or be the mantle for the of a superhero. I think Robbie Reigns with the Punisher, and the other one I am totally escaping in my head right now. But um, only Jesus, <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Um, so there's a lot of firsts with this this series with Ant Man and the Wasp, but um, can we just talk more about Paul Rudd? I was gonna say this, <laughs> right? Is, okay, uh, can, yes, because yes, I can tell Ash is. Yes, we can. So for <laughs> me, the introduction to the characters were the introduction to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I have no clue who they were in the um, comic books, but. In the movies, however, I know who they are. So, yes, Paul Rudd. When Paul Rudd was cast as Ant-Man, I was intrigued because for me, Paul Rudd is the older brother, but not really older brother, kind of like older stepbrother, but not really older stepbrother of Alicia Silverstone and Clueless. And if you've seen the movie, you you've, totally you've get, already said this. You we but like you but if 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 you've seen the movie, you already like know where <laughs> I'm coming from. I know. If you've listened to the podcast <laughs> earlier today, we know where you're coming She's from. Strong. But what I'm saying is that Seeing Paul Rudd cast as this character is so believable. Yeah. It's so unbelievably believable. And you see him cast as this character as um, Scott Lang, and he becomes Ant-Man via 
the technology from Hank Pym, you know, it's it's so believable. And then you see Evangeline Lilly. And for me, getting into Evangeline Lilly as Wasp was it, it took a little bit because I've seen Lost. <laughs> I, I hate Lost. I hate Lost so much. Except Thank you, Patsy, the angry nerd. Except her character, Kate, was badass on that show. Well, and then, you also uh, refused to watch Lord of the Rings, where she was an a elf. Yeah, she was a badass in that. But yeah. anyways, she was delightful yeah. as Hope Dime on in the first movie. So... Uh, from my standpoint, as somebody who really isn't into the comic books, and I kind of know a little bit, I know why they aren't really revisiting the whole Hank Pym as Ant-Man because of the whole, like, I beat my wife storyline. Um, I, I get that. I'm, I'm really interested to see how they do moving forward forward from that kind of you know just disregarding that storyline and moving forward and i feel like uh eventually lily did a lot for not only scott lang before her character as the wasp mm-hmm. in the first ant-man movie and then ant-man obviously went on to be in winter soldier and did his whole giant man thing civil war civil war, uh, civil war yeah sorry um and did that whole thing. Um, but I'm really interested to see how the characters not only connect, but the enhancements that are made onto the Wasp character um, in comparison to the Ant-Man character in the Ant-Man versus Wasp movie. And honestly, seeing the trailer for this really reminds me of the 1960s Batman yeah, like Adam mentioned. West Batman with a bam and the power. Where it's kind of campy. The, right, yeah. like it's kind of campy, it's kind of showy, but it's a lot of fun. And I feel like this is bringing a lot of people back to what they love about not only comic books, but comic book portrayals. Correct. Not only in, in movies, but in TV. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that this kind of brings you back to like an old school feel to it. This bam pow. I know in the trailer, me specifically was really turned on to the whole Hello Kitty. Like <laughs> that's dispenser thing. You know, I'm very intrigued to see how that goes. Uh, but I just I, I feel like it's kind of bringing bringing this campy aspect to this series where where we just had this really serious infinity war a lot of characters died a lot of characters um you know are in peril and a lot of people are having a lot of feelings about this mm-hmm. ant-man and wasp is going to bring us back to the fun side of everything i i completely agree with you with that especially where at least until the end yeah yeah, that's true. Um, I think it's it's something that we, you know, a lot of us are still kind of dealing with the whole aftermath of Infinity Wars, and to have Ant Man the Wasp, I'm kind of glad that there weren't in the in Infinity Wars because they were basically outsiders, and they're still outsiders. I mean, Hank Prim. 
basically left S.H.I.E.L.D. He gave up everything for S.H.I.E.L.D. because he was just sick of them trying to copy his um, his ideas because it was so dangerous. And I think with Ant-Man and the Wasp, they're outsiders against the Avengers and everything. I mean, Scott, Scott Lang is technically an Avenger in some ways, but... You know, it's an outsider looking in, and I think they're going to bring a lot of fun. But I also believe that it's going to be interesting to see the dynamic between Hope and Scott because they're going to be partners fighting something, fighting Ghost, which is a character that was in the Iron Man um, comic book series, but that they changed into a female. And I have some theories on that, but I feel like it'll be a little bit too spoilery, so I won't talk about that. But. I think, you know, there is going to be, we're going to see a dynamic between, you know, someone who is very much, you know, Hope is the one who really is the wants to be the superhero, where Scott Lang is kind of reluctant to be the superhero, but ha- is fate is for not forced, but like kind of is put in a situation where he has to be because no one else greater will do it. And I think. You know, we're going to see that dynamic and we're going to see maybe a little back and forth. But I think I think going forward into Avengers 4, I think this partnership works well. They're yin and yang that, you know, Mm -hmm. they really balance each other out. And a little tidbit, um, Jessica Chastain was actually cast to be the Wasp. But she really well, she was basically the one that they were going to go for. Radisha Jones and Emma Emma Stone mm-hmm. were also in consideration, but Jessica Chastain was going to be the Wasp, but couldn't do it due to scheduling difficulties. And I think that at that time she was doing the heiress on Broadway, which I saw. And um, and I mean, I love Jessica Chastain, but it was this cast in general was cast perfectly. I agree with you on that. So I was a little hesitant about the whole Evangeline Lilly thing. Mm -hmm. But in the first movie, she's pretty much the one in charge of training, like like physically training Mm -hmm. Paul Rudd's character, Scott Lang, to be Ant-Man and show him the uh, technologies and stuff. And she's a badass. Yeah. Such a badass. And this whole cast, you know, Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lilly and Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer. It's just how can you go wrong with that? Like, seriously, how can you go wrong with that cast? You really can't. Evangeline Lilly was talking. I forgot what show it was where she was like, you know, oh, my God, it was awesome. Like, because they asked her, how does it feel to have um, Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer to be your parents? And she was like, well, Michael Douglas, she's like, someone pinched me. But when it was Michelle Pfeiffer, she's like, holy shit, I'm not worthy of this. Because, you know, you got two wonderful actors taking a big, you know, taking a big mantle. Because a lot of people really enjoyed Mm -hmm. the original Ant-Man and the Wasp. Especially Janet Von Dyne, who was such a huge role in creating the Avengers in the comic books. So a lot of people are very much like... You know, you know they have their heart set and have their um, 
can't think of the word is like really high. They, they have these preconceived and, expectations. Yes. Wait, they and, have these characters put on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. And I think Michelle Pfeiffer being cast as Janet Von Dyne mm-hmm. is going to be. I'm so excited, and they have Lawrence Fish, Fishman, Fishman, Fishburn, Sh- Fishburn, yeah. who's going to be a part of this film. I think he is him and him Goliath as Goliath, and I think that's going to be a great, um, great introduction. And I think one of my favorite scenes that they have kind of showed is basically um, Scott and the girl, um, Laura. Um, Paul Rudd and Lawrence are like comparing sizes of like how big did you get and how big did you get and basically um, <laughs> Angelina Lily was just like um, can we stop comparing basically dick sizes can we stop comparing <laughs> sizes yeah. yeah so I, I think we're still going to get that humor I think we're still going to get a lot more fun action and hopefully there will be an Ant-Man 3 I mean I'm just I haven't seen the movie, but I'm really hoping from a lot of reviews that have been out, a lot of people are, um, you know, a lot of people like don't, you know, listen to reviews, but a lot of people have raved about this film and calling it probably the best sequel since Winter Soldier, which is saying a lot, but I mean, in my personal opinion, I think that this film is going to lend itself to Avengers 4. Mm Mm-hmm. And I believe that these characters are going to have a lot to do with the resurrection of the characters yeah. that Especially we with love the so much. Realm. Yeah, I think the technology yeah. of the quantum realm is definitely going to play a role. And I think Hank Prim's, you know, his studies and his work is going to play a role into what's going to happen with Avengers 4. And I think that's why they're amping Hope Van Dyne into Avengers War because she's going to be maybe I don't know I'm just making a guess maybe Hank dies in this film and so basically she's the one who has to like she's the one who really knows the technology and she's going to mm-hmm. be that one who you know is you know the one that kind of crosses paths like this is what we need to do and really see her take the leadership role mm-hmm. and I I'm so excited for this film. I can't I can't contain it. Like it's great. Um, I think one of the things that's going to happen in this in this film is you're going to see a, a tearful reunion mm-hmm. of Michelle Pfeiffer's character and Evangeline Lilly and and uh, Michael Douglas, and then at least two of the three of them are going to disappear and it'll probably be Evangeline Lilly and Michael Douglas. I, if there was anything, I think maybe all three. And I think it would be more emotionally crushing for either those two or Michelle Pfeiffer to just disappear. Mm. And that's just like, just kills you. Yeah, I'm, I'm eager to see how everything plays into the ending of this movie. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the ending of this movie is the beginning of Avengers four. Yeah. So I feel like this is kind of like the, the, the movie that ties everything all together. Right. So I'm, I'm interested into uh, seeing what these characters do, mm-hmm. but I mean, I feel like we could talk about it all day. Yeah. Um, but ultimately I feel like the, way that they've decided to 
divorce themselves from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, from the comic book realm, uh, as far as storylines go, they were very smart to do so, you know, mm-hmm. instead of um, keeping doing the whole the... Hank Pym thing, yeah. uh, to just go right into Scott Lang and his storyline. I think and they, they did it for just, you know, they want people to really enjoy these films, but to really, you know, like we said in the last episode, that we, we've we invested a lot of emotions mm-hmm. and time into these characters, and I think mm-hmm. Scott Lang is more of a relatable character than Hank Pym. I, I, yeah, I completely agree. And also, there are two post-credit scenes, people, two post-credit scenes. Not just one, two. So just be on the lookout. Speaking of post-credit scenes, so we just recently (laughs) went to see The Incredibles 2. And we stayed till the end of all of the credits because that's how Disney and Marvel, like, that's how, how they've trained, trained us. We're like, no, 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 no. We're not going to leave yet. We're going to wait till the very, very, very end. And and there was no post, post, post. Well, there was a little bit of a Avengers. hint. Um, uh, to the Incredibles. Yeah, I mean, like a little bit, but there really wasn't much of, of anything. No, much. it wasn't a crazy thing. Um, we did get a feedback. Oh. Uh, Wolfie, I just sent it to you <laughs> from uh, our good buddy, uh, J-Mac. J-Mac. Not to be confused with Mac and Cheese or <laughs> Mac and Me. Oh, Mac and Me. I love that movie. Zero on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Mac and Me? Oh. Zero rating on Rotten Tomatoes. That's too bad. Mac and Me is great. I enjoy it. The Skittles. I think it's Skittles. Yeah, I think they were trying to mock another movie. <laughs> yeah, we, we we won't mention that movie. Mm. <laughs> oh. But yeah, he... Uh, I don't know what he wants to say in the voicemail, because we got it while we were recording, so we didn't have a chance to preview it. So. No. Very interested to see what, uh, what our good buddy J-Mac says. He does have a podcast currently in the mountains of Cinema Madness. So Mm -hmm. definitely check that out. It's on iTunes. Maybe it's on Stitcher and Google Play and all sorts. But definitely check it out. He's, you know, doing great things. And he's got a lot of side projects coming up in the future. But um, I think the voicemail is ready to go. All right. Yeah, let's take a listen. Hey, Throwdown Thursday. How are you guys doing? Great. Uh, I know you guys are talking about Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, I don't know too much about Ant-Man. I have the first uh, issue of Ant-Man with uh, Stephen Lang. I think it's Stephen Lang. <laughs> yeah, I believe it is. Not to be confused Katie with Lang. the actor Stephen Lang for Manhunter and whatnot. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, I, I'll give you my kind of my impressions about the Ant-Man movie. Um, it's probably my favorite uh, of the Marvel flicks, uh, mostly because it's deal with a father and daughter relationship, and you know that thing is. And, and there's a divorced father and daughter, which is pretty deep to me. Um, you know, I went through that for a long time. Still, kind of go through it now, but it was more. I was store. It was a lot more like Stephen Lang back in the beginning. You know, I didn't have much. Uh, you know, I had a pretty empty apartment, and the only thing I really cared about. The only thing I would like to do is hang out with my son, who was pretty young at the time when uh, I was divorced. Probably he was probably about three, 
So it was all about him, and we like, you know, I like to do everything. We go to the pool and stuff like that. But when I saw that movie, it really impacted me in that way because I love seeing movies like that and seeing that Stephen Lane could rise above that and become a superhero and do something right for a change. It was a great thing to see, and uh, you know, who better to portray that character than Paul Rudd? He he's a you know, he's an actor and whatnot, but when you see him in a movie or whatever, in real life, he's he's almost like an everyday man. He has that sarcasm of an everyday guy, and uh, he really portrays it well. That's a great character. Um, and he's got a great story and a great sort of... Um, I can't think of the word here, but like the, the, his... His origin is fantastic. It's, it's a very human origin, and that's what makes certain superheroes fantastic, uh, in my opinion. But um, I don't know about both, most of the, about either of the characters too much besides the movie that I saw. I haven't read very much Ant-Man. I have a few issues, mostly stuff from the early 80s. So um, that's all I've really got on Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, I, I didn't get on, in on y'all's, uh, on y'all's uh, Infinity War stuff. Um, I love the flick. I think it's... Uh, I, I definitely think it's a masterpiece in a way. Um, my only big problem with it is that I don't really feel a lot of sorrow in the movie. There are great parts uh, that will definitely impact you. But overall, I don't feel too much sadness because I know most of those characters are coming back. <laughs> but it's a really well-filmed flick. Uh, really well acted. You know, I'm a big Captain America fan. So seeing Cap come back with the with the beard, the black suit, you know, the the shield made from Wakanda's sort of technology was amazing. Uh, but it's a great flick. I think uh, Brolin's fantastic in it. Um, you know, I, I think uh, Idris Elba is fantastic as always in it. Uh, it's a, it's a good movie, um, and uh, I'm very happy that, it's, that it came out and we all got to see it. And I can't wait for the sequel. And I have to go back and listen to all the episode on it because I haven't listened to the podcast in a long time. I think today and last and uh, this whole week so far has been catching up on everything. So um, I apologize for that. And lastly, I'll make it, I'll, I'll try to be as quick as possible here, guys. Um, I just want to say thank you to um, to the show and. Thank you to you guys, and thank you for just being fantastic people, and you know, being there for me and Joanna, and for Bryce, and just being like a family to us. I mean, you guys are my my second family. I mean, it's it's incredible to me that I could say that one day. I never thought I'd ever say that. You know, I had a very small group of friends growing up, and it's getting shorter all the time. Uh, but uh, you know, I know this is Nicole's last, and I got to tell you, guys, I got to tell you, Nicole. Uh, you know, I love you. You're you're fantastic. You're an incredible human being. You're beautiful. You're funny. You're smart. And uh, you really brought a lot of sunshine onto that show. And that sunshine, I don't think, is ever going to go away. Because um, I know you'll be back. And I know uh, Patsy and Ashes will keep up that sunshine for you. You know, it's, it's, it's going to be there. You know, waiting, waiting for you like over the horizon like a western. You come in like Clint. You know, <laughs> guns blazing. <laughs> So, uh, anyways, guys, I know it's been a long time since I left you guys some voice messages, but I'm trying to get it back on it with, like, Trick or Shoot Radio and with Cult of Muscle. It's like that. I'm trying to get back into the whole podcasting thing. I've, I've been doing a podcast myself, but I, I, even at that, I don't really tell too much about it, too much people about it. It's just, it's a thing that I like to do, and I haven't been really as dedicated as I used to be. So, 
I'll have to get back into it again. So, um, hope you guys have a great night, a great episode. I love all you guys. Wolfie, you're my brother. I love you, man. I love you guys so much. Um, you know, Patsy, Ashes, you guys, Nicole. Some of the greatest people ever I've ever had um, the honor to meet in my life. Thank you guys so much. Good night. Bye. You know, I had my heart removed years ago, and every now and then something just touches me, and I, I, I don't know how to deal with it. Um, Jeremy McFarlane, you are my family, and I love you like a brother that I've never had, and you are amazing, and I follow everything that you do and everything that you touch. And I'm so looking forward to your next endeavor. And I love what you're doing right now. And you are an amazing person. And I love how you were able to give a personal input on our subject for today. Yeah. You know, Scott Lang, as a single dad, like, that's one thing. I mean, I'm not a single parent. I can talk about it, but I can't feel it the way that other people can. And Scott Lang as a single parent is just such a beautiful thing. And I feel like anybody out there, and I know I have friends out there who are single parents mm -hmm. and it's such a beautiful thing. And Jeremy, you are my family and I love you so freaking much. Like I can't even believe I, I this is where this podcast is going at this moment. <laughs> um, but thank you so much for your input and so much for your voicemail. Yes, we thank so you so much. We so appreciate it. We, we, we always appreciate it, but especially from from you. We know how busy you are, and it's just, I mean, I trust me, I get it. I have been so out of the podcast loop for such a long time at this point, and I've been dying to go back into it. I have so many episodes of so many shows I'm just dying to listen to. So if you are out there producing a podcast, let us know. Like, let me know. Um, I love podcasts and I think that it is such a really interesting. And I never thought of this before until I started doing our podcast. Um, it's such an interesting form of art. And entertainment. And so if you are doing a podcast, let me know. I want to listen to you. And I have a bunch of stuff that I need to catch up on. And a bunch of stuff that I need to start listening to. But yeah, if you're doing good things out there, let me know. Let us know here at Throwdown Hashtag Thursday. do good shit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 2018 hey, do, do good, good shit. shit. Um. But thank you to Jeremy McFarlane for giving something for all of us to mm -hmm. think about. And yeah, J Mac is such a good person and he does have this podcast called Into the uh, what Madness Mountains In the Mountains of Madness. In the Mountains Cinema. of Madness Cinema, yes. Mountains of Cinema Madness. Yes, Mountains of Cinema Madness. <laughs> it's such a good podcast. He just Jeremy McFarlane is one of those few people who just absolutely loves film. All film. 
all genres of film. And I know he's in the process of working on something that celebrates all genres of film as well. And he's reached out to some of us and mm-hmm. I can't thank him enough for including some of us yeah. into this passion project that he's working on. But if you are also working on a passion project, like reach out to us, let us know what you're working on. We love to be exposed to new things and new podcasts. And it, it doesn't have to be podcast related. It can be something completely obscure and different trust us. We have a lot of different, um, I would say uh, different hobbies, different uh, just things that we like to do. So definitely let us know. I think it's a great time to go to a break. We will have Mm -hmm. a battle. Yes. Uh, I don't know if we have science, wine or whatever. Oh, we we have lots of wine. uh, Yes. I think that's evidence that we've got lots of wine. (laughs) But um, and I will also kind of say something before the show ends. So. Let's go on our break, and we will come right back. Fueled by tacos, beer, and Bloody Marys, the only show featuring Baby Jesus with a nail gun, the pride of PA, and the show with the eye of the tiger, ladies and gentlemen, Punch Farm. Hey, this is Mark from Punch Farm. I'm here with Mark Dose. Hello. I'm here with Alicia. Hello. I'm here with Nikki. Hey. Join us every Monday as we talk about life, tacos, beer, and movies. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and PunchFarm.com. Keep on punching! <laughs> Hi, I'm Mike Price. I'm a writer on The Simpsons. I co-created Ephes for Family. And you're listening to Throwdown Thursday Podcast. Hello again, everyone. It's Mr. Most Days Off from the Best Darn Diddly Review Show, here with a special message for you from Richie the WizKid. You know... A town without best darn diddly is a little like the mule with the spinning wheel. No one knows how he got it and danged if he knows how to use it. The name's WizKid, Richie the WizKid, and I come before you good fans of Springfield with probably the greatest podcast. Uh, it's not for you. It's more of a Shelbyville podcast. Now you wait here just a minute. We're twice as smart as the people of Shelbyville. You tell us where to listen to best darn diddly and we'll listen. I'll tell you exactly where you can listen to it. You can catch the Best Darn Diddly Review Show each and every Monday on bestdarndiddly.com. So hop on the monorail and join us on this journey through the Simpsons series. Speaking of... uh J-Mac. Jeremy McFarlane <laughs> and his artistic endeavors. Uh, this is one of his uh, three songs that he created for us. So, you know, as you can tell, J-Mac is quite the talented gentleman. I know, this is my song. It's my Enjoy jam. it. Enjoy it while you can, people. So, we have uh, battles, we have uh, some other stuff going on. What do we, what do we got going on today? I mean, we have a brand new battle. We have mm-hmm. to throw down. To throw oh, down. We have, I'm assuming, science facts. Do yeah, we can. Uh, facts I can, of science. I can do a science fact. I kind of teased it last week, so I can uh, talk about it this week. God knows I want to talk about wine. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Agent Nicole has some files. I think I have a last one for a while. 
So Let's should we? Go. So do you want to? Three, two, one. Oh yeah, three, two. Oh, <laughs> oh my god, one, two, three or three, two, one. Let's go three, two, one. Okay, three, three two, two, one. It's a motherfucking throwdown. Woo! So oh. what do we got? So this week, um, did we did we decide on uh, the yeah, thing that we talked the about? Original, the original, the original versus the goodies. goodies. Oldies versus goodies. Yeah. So we are going to do it's. Uh, Hope, uh, I'm sorry, Janet Van Dyne and Hank Pym in their super personas versus Hope Van Dyne and Scott Lang in their super personas. So it's the original Ant-Man and Wasp versus the current Ant-Man and Wasp. Ooh, dun, dun, dun. So that should be an interesting uh, interesting matchup. So that'll be posted on the uh, on the Facebook group, posted to Twitter. I'll try to do the uh, a YouTube video. I've been out of that. I haven't done that in a few weeks. I was gonna say. I know I have to get on that. It's I've just been so friggin' busy. But um, what? No, you haven't. Uh, I have. I was just on two different podcasts in the last couple of weeks. You know, I was on uh, Best Darn Diddly. That should become uh, next week, I believe. Um, I believe it's uh, episode ninety-eight. Homer the Great is what is uh, the episode we covered. So um, be on the lookout for that. And we were on the Derailers a couple weeks ago. So yeah, I've been I've been busy. You know, I have to do research for other well, other good shows. Good for you. So. Uh, do you guys have any thoughts on this uh, interesting battle this week? Paul Rudd all the way. <laughs> right? No, no. That's the exact thought that I'm having. I mean, oldies versus newbies. Um, I'm going to go with the newbies. newbies. I, I think that it's going to be Paul Rudd and eventually Lily. Or just, just Paul knowing, Rudd. Well, I mean, like, well, or just, or just Paul Rudd. <laughs> Paul Rudd saves the day. Yes, he does. Um, no, well, I mean, if you think about it, though, like, the technology is different. The, the technology that Hank Pym invented back in the day versus what it is now. I mean, granted, I know he's the inventor slash liaison. Um, I don't know. Like, I just, I feel like the, the newbies would be able to comprehend it more and to u- utilize it more. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Hope has a lot to do with all of that. Mm -hmm. So I feel like Hope would be kind of like the one who defeats everyone. Disagree. Really? Disagree. You think that the newer people have a better grasp than the guy who invented the technology? Yes. Yeah, I don't think so. Well, you guys could discuss. I know more week. about it than you do. <laughs> you just invented it, and I use it sometimes. <laughs> All right, science man, just go for it. All right. So last week I talked about uh, something called coprophagia, which I encouraged everyone to look up. Coprocabana. And I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't recommend looking it up. Uh, coprophagia is the uh, psychological term 
or the scientific term for the need to consume fecal matter, whether it's your own or someone else's. So, yeah, that's my uh, little science fact for this week. That was lovely. Yes. So, do we have wine? Oh, God, do we have wine? This one's been drinking wine. I have been drinking (laughs) last week and this week and every week for the foreseeable future. Um, yeah, so it's summer, and nothing goes better with summer than sangria. And you may be wondering, Ashes, how do I make sangria? Well, I am here to help. So I am going to give you, and I will post this both on Facebook and Instagram and the Twitters. It's kind of like a generic... Uh, recipe for sangria. So you are going to want to start with a large pitcher or a punch bowl with a ladle. And you are going to want to pick your wine. So you you are going to want to add a bottle of your favorite wine, 750 mils. So that is your typical like small bottle of, of wine that you can buy in the grocery store. And use a good quality of wine. Don't don't skimp out. You know, like just do yourself a favor and pick a good quality of wine. You are going to want to spike it. So you are going to want to add a half cup of one of the following. Either brandy or vodka or light rum, triple sec or a liqueur. And then you were also going to want to add some juice to that. So you are going to want to add either a half cup of fruit juice. Uh, The higher quality, the better. We suggest fresh, fresh squeezed citrus, pomegranate, or peach. But you can also use a variety of fresh squeezed, such as like lemon or lime or orange, or whatever you're fancying at the time. You're also going to want to add some fizz to this. So if you didn't start out with a sparkling wine, or if you want to add some extra bubbles to it, you can add some sparkle and uh, some pop with one or two cups of a carbonated mixer, such as ginger beer, club soda, Italian soda, or a lemon-lime soda like a Sprite or a 7-Up or something that's going to add a little bit of a flavor. Not, 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 not a cola, but something that's going to add a little bit of, of a flavor to it, but not overwhelm the flavor that you are already creating. You are going to want to sweeten your sangria. So you're going to want to mix in some either some simple syrup or some honey or some sugar to kind of marry the flavors together. So what happens is you're going to have all of these flavors that are separate. So you're going to have your carbonation flavors, your wine flavors, your fruit juice flavors. And they're all going to be just kind of like separate, just hanging out at different ends of the hall. And what you want 
going to want to do is you're going to want to marry all, all of these flavors together. So what happens is it creates more of a cohesive flavor that is more pleasant on the palate. And then you are also going to want to garnish your sangria. So you are going to want to add some fresh or frozen fruits or herbs mint, basil, etc., and lemon or lemon peel. So what you're going to want to do is, depending on what uh, wine you use and the juices that you decide to use, you are going to want to create a really distinct but delicious flavor based off of the fruit that you decide to uh, throw into your sangria. So you have a couple of options. You can either use frozen fruit, which obviously is a great option because it's already frozen. So it chills your sangria instantly and makes it pretty much instantly um, ready for consummation versus stuff that is super fresh with like pineapple or oranges or limes or lemons that you kind of have to let soak for a little bit. However, the longer that you like let these fruits and these flavors soak, the better off you are because the more the flavors marry together, the more alcoholic these fruits get, the better off you are. And then all you're going to want to do is you're going to want to mix your ingredients well and serve over ice. If at all possible, let chill overnight to let these flavors meld. So the longer that you can let these flavors kind of like melt together and let everything go, the better off. But if you're looking for something that uh, looking for something to serve like ASAP, you know, you're going to want to let it go at least an hour or so. So summer sangria, it's great. You can use white wines. You can use red wines, any types of fruits and juices that you want to um, play around with. It's pretty much your your own little playground. So have fun. Yeah, Sounds delicious. She's made this before and... I opened the fridge and the fumes were enough to give me a buzz. <laughs> That's great. So, yeah, it's it's uh, pretty potent, I would say. That's the uh, word I would use. That's that's a good word. So for my last Agent Nicole Files, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about during our Gwendolyn Christie double love fest, we talked about um, women that are kind of like that we – are like interested in kind of, I forgot what was like the topic like we were kind of like in awe of and I had mentioned an actress from the 1930s 40s Hedy Lamar. Um, she I was, love Hedy <laughs> Lamar. A lot of people uh, one of her taglines that a lot of people knew as Hedy Lamar is the beautiful most beautiful woman in film. Well a lot of people just know her from her film that she did in the early 20s an Austrian film called Ecstasy where she basically was the first one to kind of expose her bottom or was swimming in the lake naked and but she was also the first 
um, it was kind of like the first, um, she was the first actress to kind of stimulate a female orgasm, kind of like the expressions and what happens and stuff, which was very much very scandalous. But a lot of people don't know that this woman has a has created a technology that we're constantly using every say, day. Do you like your Wi-Fi? Do you like GPS? She's the reason why we have it. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, the, she, at that time, she called it frequency hopping. And so the reason why I bring up Patty Lamar, there is a Netflix uh, documentary that came out by Alexandra Dean, uh, which came out last year in 2017, um, called Bombshell, uh, the Hedy Lamar story. And it kind of gives a deeper look into who Hedy Lamar is. She was she is one interesting, very interesting character um, woman woman. She's not only an actress, but she is an inventor. And they really, you know, look into that life because she never really talked about her life very much. Um, Before she was an actress, she had married a very well-known person who was a part of the Nazi um, uh, campaign and was, like, basically friends with Hitler. And so... You know, she escaped that and she's created movies and like her story is just so crazy. And it sounds like it's not like something that would come out of a film, but it's not. She really tells it. She doesn't she never really give much interview. She had written a story called Ecstasy and Me, but which was panted by her where she said that, you know, it was a ghostwriter who kind of just basically went off the rails with stories and. The documentary is on Netflix. It's really good. It's an hour and a half long. And you kind of, I, from watching the, I've seen a few of her films. I see her more as an inventor who kind of pioneered a lot. I think if you want to talk about STEM and feminism, you got to talk about Hedy Lamar. She really did a lot for our future. And she's an act, she's a person who, doesn't get enough credit and she didn't get credit until after she had passed away she's Mm -hmm. in like the inventors like hall of fame she um a lot of her technology was done while she was you know filming long hours like doing 14 hours of filming and then she would go home take care of her children and be working on these inventions she tried to do an invention where during war, she's trying to make tablets where people can just put a tablet in and they can have Diet Coke or Coca-Cola and so on and so forth. And it's a really interesting um, documentary. And I, I urge people to just take a look and enjoy it and let, let me know through the social medias if you enjoyed it or not. I think it's a great story to be told and it's a story that needs to be told, especially at this time. And um, I... I will make this short and sweet. I just want to say thank you for those who have reached out to me over the past couple of weeks after announcing that I'd be leaving the show. It's not forever. Um, I will be back. I will come crash the place. I will, you know, barge in. But I just want to thank everyone who has been so supportive of me over the past two years. I'm not going to get emotional because I don't want to get emotional. We kind of started to get emotional before recording, but... Um, Patsy and Ashes, you're going to do wonderful things. That's all the show is going to do. It's going to continue to get wonderful. You guys are wonderful. Thank you so much for having me a part of the show. I've never imagined doing this show. I've never done a podcast before. 
and I can't even it's gonna be weird the next few weeks is gonna be really weird because I'm gonna be like ready to go and I don't have to which sucks but um there are things that I need to do with my life and unfortunately fucking Thanos had to be a dick and just snap snap the world in half basically and um yeah, I mean, I'm not far. You guys can always message me um, out there. And you guys got stuff planned out. And I can't wait to hear and see where the show will grow, uh, go and grow. Yeah, and you've so. got, you, you're going to be back like in a month. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's already been planned. I'm back in a month. Yeah, we're, we're doing a, uh, a Daenerys Targaryen episode. So. Yeah. And I don't know what else we're doing with it, but we'll do something. Yeah, but you guys, I, you know, those who have reached out to me, I really appreciate it. Um, and it's it sucks, and it's bittersweet. And I'm actually, I was like, uh, I was imag- imagining I was going to be like a blabbering mess. But um, you guys are wonderful, and I love you. You guys are family. You're the big brother and sister that I've never actually had in my life. And so you guys are family. And... Um, thank you. Just thank you. And, um, yeah. But I mean, like, you're going to be back. So if I don't get snapped in half by Thanos, I don't know. It's not like you're (laughs) leaving forever. You're just saying a temporary goodbye. Yeah. Smell you later. Smell you later. (laughs) Smell you later. Smell you later, motherfuckers. Can't believe that replaced goodbye. See you later, assholes. No, I'm just kidding. Arrivederce, douchebag. You know, and you you know you can come back. You're mm-hmm. more than welcome back anytime you want. Just say when. <laughs> like seriously, say when. <laughs> say say when, Agent Nicole. I don't say know when. when. I don't know when. Say when, Agent Nicole. <laughs> no. Don't leave me here but with I him. <laughs> no. <laughs> but seriously. Um we love you, and you you already know what you mean to us. You're, you're family, mm-hmm. and I, I can't say any more on air without sounding like a stalker. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, yeah. man. You look so nice when you're <laughs> sleeping. That's creepy. Please don't do that. Right? Like, exactly. It's, it's creepy. I mean, you spooned it's me creepy. in bed before. This is so true. I mean, we have like... spooned plenty of times. But you know that you are welcome back anytime. This really isn't goodbye. It is just so long for it's now. get out. <laughs> you don't get have out. to go home. <laughs> but, but you can't, can't stay here. here. No, I'm um, aware of that. You know, and there are going to be plenty of episodes in the future that we plan on doing that we just won't be able to do without you. And you know you're going to have to come back and <laughs> school the both of us and put Patsy in his place. Yeah, I can't even put him in, my, in his place out <laughs> fucking work. How am I going to put a place back on the show? I've been trying for two fucking years. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I've accepted it. But no, I, I'm aware. I'm aware that I'm always welcome back and we've got stuff planned ahead and it's not goodbye. It's see you later. But, you know, and I tell fan, uh, fans and, and listeners of the show, please send wine. Ashes is going to need it. Yes, right. I mean, I may be drunk now, but eventually it's going to wear off. And send Wolfie food. He needs food too. <laughs> 
and give sustenance. Pe- <laughs> he was and eating give- peanut butter smeared on a playing card earlier. <laughs> and and also give Patsy a lot of shit for me, please, everybody. Just continue to do I it. get enough shit. You need this more shit. Listen, this is what why I have this coprophagia problem because people <laughs> keep sending me so much shit. So keep sending Patsy shit, everybody. But I love everybody. Have a wonderful time. Go crazy. It's going to be good. And I'll be back in a month because I will have time for my schedule to talk about Daenerys. So. This is true. So we have some crazy, awesome episodes of Throwdown Thursday coming up, including an episode. <laughs> Are you going to hiccup? <laughs> with, no, 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 no. Um, an episode with Agent Nicole and some other guests uh, talking about Daenerys Targaryen. In anticipation for the upcoming season of, Thro- of not Throw Down Thursday. <laughs> well, no, this is Game a, of it, Thrones. That yeah, it's you know a bit Next of it. Season. We will be doing a month long tribute, you know, to covering the Game of Thrones characters. But you know, this is more like we haven't covered Daenerys and someone who needs to be a guest and hasn't been on, been on the show. We uh, we spoke to earlier about about this, and she is totally down to be on the show. So uh, it's going to be a huge like girl power hour, and all the ladies are, are welcome to join. I may I may just stay home for that one. Just all the single ladies, all the single ladies, all the single ladies, all the single ladies. I could host uh, that one. So if you're staying home, so I think on that. <laughs> I think on that note, uh, oh. we, we will, will we see, will see you, you next Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. <laughs>